0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite. In whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel
1: of the Lord. In the name of an incarnate God of love, amen. Amen. Life is so fast-paced, out there, I mean. We come to church to slow down and get perspective and experience things with a little less frenetic energy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're not on the vestry or on the building committee or on any committee here or anything, things are supposed to be slow and not frenetic at church. So why is it that in the past six Sundays alone, Mary got pregnant, Jesus was born, Magi came, Jesus got baptized, and now Rabbi Jesus is beginning his ministry. I barely had a chance to catch my breath post-pageant, and Jesus is like 30 years old, gallivanting through Galilee, gathering his disciples. Not only that, but today's readings are so packed with interesting material that my head hurts trying to narrow it all down to about 12 minutes of reflection. So brace yourselves, because we are going to cover as much of it as we can. Now, as I prepare to throw a lot of thoughts your way, I am thinking of last Sunday when I was on vacation in a different church sitting in a pew with my kids listening to a sermon, sort of listening. I was interrupted by my daughter whispering in my ear every minute or so, so I kind of had to piece together what was being said every time I turned my attention back to the pulpit, which makes me want to tell you that today, if you get pulled away by someone else in your pew or by traveling thoughts or other distractions, when you come back wondering what I am talking about, just think incarnation. Mm -hmm. Everything we've read in scripture today is about the incarnation, about God through the ages working to be as intimately and tangibly close to us as possible, and doing so in a myriad of ways. It's all about incarnation, relationship between God and us. So the first reading, Samuel. Samuel is a boy, a helper to the great aging prophet, Eli. And it's Samuel's job to keep watch for the night over the Ark of the Covenant while Eli sleeps in the next room. In a rather comical string of interactions, God calls out to Samuel, who in no way expects to be spoken to directly by God, so he runs to Eli to ask Eli why he called him. Eli, having not called him, sends him away. It happens again and again. At some point, Eli and Samuel must be getting rather annoyed with one another, as each may as well assume that the other is playing a joke on them and interrupting their sleep. When all along, what is really happening is that God, using a human voice and perhaps a bit of divine humor, is trying to be in relationship with Samuel. God comes to Samuel, and once Samuel gets what is happening, with a little help from Eli, his response is, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. If all we hear today is a boy's courage, standing in God's presence and presenting himself as a listener, and if we are inspired to do likewise, that is all we need. Long before Jesus was born as God incarnate, God was playing with incarnational moments in which individuals were called into intimate relationship with God And sometimes they said, Yes, here I am. Your servant is listening. This intimacy extends into the poetry that God's people gave us so long ago. I have to believe that the psalmist who wrote Psalm 139 felt intimately connected to God. In this psalm, we hear not only that God knows us deeply, But that God is witness and participant in every little bit of who we are, every moment of our lives. Lord, you search me and you know me. You are acquainted with all my ways. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You know where I go and what I say and what I do before I even do it. And not only that... But intimacy with such a powerful force of love is overwhelming. I cannot look upon your glory, God, and experience such close relationship with you and go on denying that I am actually a marvelous part of your amazing creation. If all we hear today is that God is wrapped lovingly around every cell of our body, and is present in every breath of our lives, then perhaps that is all we really need. Long before Jesus became God incarnate, God has been incarnate in the creation and life of every member of creation. So if God is wrapped up in each of us, That, of course, makes each life sacred. In today's epistle, it's easy to get hung up on talk of prostitutes and fornication. But if you think of fornication as any destructive use of our sacred bodies or the sacred bodies of other people, this message is powerful. Paul is saying that we are members of Christ, so anything we do with our bodies should be done with the love of Christ, in honor of the love of Christ. And anything we do to someone else's body needs to be done with incarnational love. Our relationship with God is not something separate from our bodies, but something very integrated with our bodies. Paul wrote this letter just 20 years after Jesus died, so Christianity was quite young Christians were still getting their head around the fact that Jesus was God, incarnate, embodied. We still are. But at that point, they were working on that for the first time, and they were trying to understand themselves, their very bodies, as a continuation of that incarnation. If God is no longer here in the flesh of Jesus of Nazareth, then perhaps God is residing in the flesh of each of us. Each of us has become a member of Christ. And so our lives, our actions, our vocations, our choices, our relationships are actually components of an embodied Christ in the world. If all we hear today is that we carry on the work of the incarnation and the responsibility of the incarnation, perhaps that is all we really need to hear Jesus became God incarnate long ago and continues to be God incarnate through you and through me. And that current incarnation, our current relationship with Christ, is different for each of us. Christ comes to us in a variety of ways. What I love about today's gospel that Maureen just read is watching Jesus begin to enter into relationship with his disciples, his friends, and seeing that each friendship began differently. He became friends with Andrew and Peter first, and then he went to Galilee and found Philip and told Philip to follow him. Philip's first act of following Jesus was to leave Jesus and go find Nathanael and tell Nathanael to come and see the one that they had been waiting for. Hungering for, actually. Philip was one of the first evangelists. And by evangelist, I mean something along the lines of what my friend Pam recently told me. That evangelism is simply one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. I love that. These people who became Jesus' disciples were starving for something, and they found it, and they told each other about it. Come and see. I love Nathaniel's response. He is dubious and cynical and sarcastic. Maybe you know someone who is dubious and cynical and sarcastic. And when Jesus... And Nathaniel meet each other for the first time. They meet with humor and sarcasm and their friendship is forged in a candid sizing up of one another. This is different than Jesus' relationship with any other disciple. Each of those relationships is different. I know people who have met Jesus in silent prayer, in homeless shelters, In airplanes, war zones, protests, AA meetings, rock bottoms, nature, humor, music, waterfalls, charismatic prayer. Jesus meets us where we are in the way that touches the truest part of who we are. The incarnation is limitless in its ability to create relationship between God and God's diverse creation. If all we hear today is that God is waiting to become incarnate in us in new, personalized, and unexpected ways. Perhaps that is all we really need to hear. I would be deeply remiss to imply that incarnate relationship with God stops with us on an individual level. There is a children's book called Old Turtle and the Broken Truth, It's the sequel to Old Turtle, if you know that book. In Old Turtle and the Broken Truth, a truth flies through the heavens and falls to earth and breaks into two pieces. The animals and then the people find and fall in love with and fight over the one piece that they've found, which is a stone with a broken edge, but writing on it. And the writing that you can see says, you are loved. Now, wise old turtle points out that while the half truth is true and beautiful, it is very dangerous in its broken form. After many years and much conflict, old turtle entrusts the other half of the truth to a young girl. And she brings it back to the people who reattach the two halves of the broken truth, and they are given the full story. The full truth reads, You are loved. And so are they. The incarnation is about our relationship with God. But knowing how loved we are by God can be dangerous without the other part of the truth. So are they. God is in incarnate relationship with everyone, often in ways that we may not recognize. On this Martin Luther King weekend, as protests Still, rage in the Black Lives Matter movement. And France fights terrorism. And people in Nigeria are under attack by terrorists who are using young girls as suicide bombers. And while we can't figure out if 150 people were killed in Nigeria this week. Or if 2,000 people were killed because we just aren't giving nearly as much media attention to a primarily black country as we are giving to a primarily white country. In the context of these current events and the legacy of the civil rights movement, we know that if we are to embrace the reality of the incarnation for you and for me, we are not living into the full meaning of God's relational love unless... We recognize the reality of the Incarnation in each and every life. Our collect that we started with today tells us that Christ illuminates our lives in the word and sacrament that we share within these walls. And it reminds us that the purpose of all we do here is that the love of Christ And the power of the Incarnation illuminates us. And then, through us, Christ may reach every corner of creation so that every soul may know, in its own way, incarnate relationship with God, a relationship that we all are invited to partake of. If all we hear today is the radical inclusivity of the Incarnation. Perhaps that is all we really need to hear. Amen. Amen.